This is day 41 of our daily Bible reading. Today we will read Deuteronomy chapters 8 through 11 and Psalm 41. Lord God, thank you for this day. We are glad to be in your presence today, Lord, to be at the feet of your throne. We thank you, Lord, for the glorious gift of being able to approach you without fear, without ritual. But rather, if our heart believes and our mind is focused on you, you will receive us, Lord, and we have confidence in knowing that you hear us. Thank you, Lord, for being so near to us, even though we don't deserve it, and we are often not near to you as we should be. Thank you, Lord, for giving us peace, and thank you for giving us understanding, more than the past generations. We have before us a wellspring of knowledge, as well as many Christians that have come before us that have contributed their wisdom in the matters of the Word. We thank you, Lord, for all of this for our benefit. Lord, may we use it wisely, and may we seek your face so that you can find us. Please bless the reading of this word, in Jesus' name, amen. All the commandments that I am commanding you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to give to your forefathers. You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these forty years, that he might humble you testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He humbled you and let you be hungry, and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these forty years. Thus you are to know in your heart that the Lord your God was disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son. Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs flowing forth in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land where you will eat food without scarcity, in which you will not lack anything, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are satisfied, you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his ordinances and his statutes, which I am commanding you today. Otherwise, when you have eaten and are satisfied, and have built good houses and lived in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and gold multiply, and all that you have multiplies, Then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God, who brought you out from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. He led you through the great and terrible wilderness, with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, 
He brought water for you out of the rock of flint. In the wilderness he fed you manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you, to do good for you in the end. Otherwise you may say in your heart, My power and the strength of my hand made me this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you power to make wealth, that he may confirm his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. It shall come about, if you ever forget the Lord your God, and go after other gods, and serve them, and worship them, I testify against you today that you will surely perish. Like the nations that the Lord makes to perish before you, so you shall perish, because you would not listen to the voice of the Lord your God. Hear, O Israel, you are crossing over the Jordan today to go in to dispossess nations greater and mightier than you, great cities fortified to heaven, a people great and tall, the sons of the Anakim, whom you know and of whom you have heard it said, Who can stand before the sons of Anak? Know therefore today that it is the Lord your God who is crossing over before you as a consuming fire. He will destroy them, and he will subdue them before you, so that you may drive them out and destroy them quickly, just as the Lord has spoken to you. Do not say in your heart, when the Lord your God has driven them out before you, because of my righteousness the Lord has brought me in to possess the land. But it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is dispossessing them before you. It is not for your righteousness or for the uprightness of your heart that you are going to possess their land, but it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord your God is driving them out before you in order to confirm the oath which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Know then, it is not because of your righteousness that the Lord your God is giving you this good land to possess, for you are a stubborn people. Remember, do not forget how you provoked the Lord your God to wrath in the wilderness. From the day that you left the land of Egypt, until you arrived at this place, you have been rebellious against the Lord. Even at Horeb, you provoked the Lord to wrath, and the Lord was so angry with you that he would have destroyed you. When I went up to the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant which the Lord had made with you, then I remained on the mountain forty days and nights. I neither ate bread nor drank water. The Lord gave me the two tablets of stone written by the finger of God, and on them were all the words which the Lord had spoken with you at the mountain from the midst of the fire on the day of the assembly. It came about at the end of forty days and nights that the Lord gave me the two tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant. Then the Lord said to me, Arise, go down from here quickly. For your people, whom you brought out of Egypt, have acted corruptly. They have quickly turned aside from the way which I commanded them. They have made a molten image for themselves. 
the Lord spoke further to me, saying, I have seen this people, and indeed it is a stubborn people. Let me alone, that I may destroy them and blot out their name from under heaven. And I will make of you a nation mightier and greater than they. So I turned and came down from the mountain while the mountain was burning with fire, and the two tablets of the covenant were in my two hands. And I saw that you had indeed sinned against the Lord your God. You had made for yourselves a molten calf. You have turned aside quickly from the way which the Lord had commanded you. I took hold of the two tablets and threw them from my hands and smashed them before your eyes. I fell down before the Lord, as at the first, forty days and nights. I neither ate bread nor drank water, because of all your sin which you had committed, in doing what was evil in the sight of the Lord, to provoke him to anger. For I was afraid of the anger and hot displeasure with which the Lord was wrathful against you in order to destroy you. But the Lord listened to me that time also. The Lord was angry enough with Aaron to destroy him. So I also prayed for Aaron at the same time. I took your sinful thing, the calf which you had made, and burned it with fire and crushed it, grinding it very small until it was as fine as dust. And I threw its dust into the brook that came down from the mountain. Again, at Taborah and at Massa and at Kibroth Hatah you provoked the Lord to wrath. When the Lord sent you to Kadesh Barnea, saying, Go up and possess the land which I have given you, then you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. You neither believed him nor listened to his voice. You have been rebellious against the Lord from the day I knew you. So I fell before the Lord the forty days and nights which I did because the Lord had said he would destroy you. I prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord God, do not destroy your people, even your inheritance, whom you have redeemed through your greatness, whom you have brought out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do not look at the stubbornness of this people or at their wickedness or their sin, Otherwise, the land from which you brought us may say, Because the Lord was not able to bring them into the land which he has promised them, and because he hated them, he has brought them out to slay them in the wilderness. Yet they are your people, even your inheritance, whom you have brought out by your great power and your outstretched arm. At that time, the Lord said to me, Cut out for yourselves two tablets of stone like the former ones, and come up to me on the mountain, and make an ark of wood for yourself. I will write on the tablets the words that were on the former tablets which you shattered, and you shall put them in the ark. So I made an ark of acacia wood, and cut out two tablets of stone like the former ones, and went up on the mountain with the two tablets in my hand. He wrote on the tablets, like the former writing, the Ten Commandments, which the Lord had spoken to you on the mountain from the midst of the fire on the day of the assembly. 
and the Lord gave them to me. Then I turned and came down from the mountain and put the tablets in the ark which I had made. And there they are, as the Lord commanded me. Now the sons of Israel set out from Beeroth B'nai Jaakin to Moserah. There Aaron died, and there he was buried, and Eleazar his son ministered as priest in his place. From there they set out to Gudgoda, and from Gudgoda to Jobatha, a land of brooks of water. At that time the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi to carry the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord to serve him and to bless in his name until this day. Therefore, Levi does not have a portion or inheritance with his brothers. The Lord is his inheritance, just as the Lord your God spoke to him. I, moreover, stayed on the mountain forty days and forty nights like the first time, and the Lord listened to me that time also. The Lord was not willing to destroy you. Then the Lord said to me, Arise, proceed on your journey ahead of the people, that they may go in and possess the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and love him, and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the Lord's commandments and his statutes, which I am commanding you today, for your good? Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the highest heavens, the earth and all that is in it. Yet on your fathers did the Lord set his affection to love them, and he chose their descendants after them, even you above all peoples, as it is this day. So circumcise your heart and stiffen your neck no longer. For the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who does not show partiality nor take a bribe. He executes justice for the orphan and the widow, and shows his love for the alien by giving him food and clothing. So show your love for the alien, for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God, and you shall serve him and cling to him, and you shall swear by his name. He is your praise, and he is your God, who has done these great and awesome things for you, which your eyes have seen. Your fathers went down to Egypt, seventy persons in all, and now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars of heaven. You shall therefore love the Lord your God, and always keep his charge, his statutes, his ordinances, and his commandments. Know this day that I am not speaking with your sons who have not known, or who have not seen the discipline of the Lord your God, his greatness, his mighty hand, and his outstretched arm, and his signs and his works, which he did in the midst of Egypt, to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and to all his land and what he did to Egypt's army, to its horses and its chariots, when he made the water of the Red Sea to engulf them while they were pursuing you, 
and the Lord completely destroyed them. And what he did to you in the wilderness until you came to this place. And what he did to Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, the son of Reuben. When the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them, their households, their tents, and every living thing that followed them among all Israel. But your own eyes have seen all the great work of the Lord, which he did. You shall therefore keep every commandment which I am commanding you today, so that you may be strong and go in and possess the land into which you are about to cross to possess it, so that you may prolong your days on the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give to them and to their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land into which you are entering to possess it is not like the land of Egypt from which you came, where you used to sow your seed and water it with your foot like a vegetable garden. But the land into which you are about to cross to possess it, a land of hills and valleys, drinks water from the rain of heaven, a land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it, from the beginning even to the end of the year. It shall come about, if you listen obediently to my commandments, which I am commanding you today, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and all your soul, that he will give the rain for your land in its season, the early and late rain, that you may gather in your grain and your new wine and your oil. He will give grass in your fields for your cattle, and you will eat and be satisfied. Beware that your hearts are not deceived, and that you do not turn away and serve other gods and worship them. Or the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and he will shut up the heavens so that there will be no rain, and the ground will not yield its fruit, and you will perish quickly from the good land which the Lord is giving you. You shall therefore impress these words of mine on your heart and on your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall teach them to your sons, talking of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk along the road, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, so that your days and the days of your sons may be multiplied on the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them, as long as the heavens remain above the earth. For if you are careful to keep all this commandment which I am commanding you to do, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and hold fast to him, then the Lord will drive out all these nations from before you, and you will dispossess nations greater and mightier than you. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads shall be yours. Your border will be from the wilderness to Lebanon, and from the river, the river Euphrates, as far as the western sea. No man will be able to stand before you. The Lord your God will lay the dread of you and the fear of you on all the land on which you set foot, as he has spoken to you. See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. 
the blessing if you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am commanding you today, and the curse if you do not listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way which I am commanding you today by following other gods which you have not known. It shall come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land where you are entering to possess it, that you shall place the blessing on Mount Gerizim and the curse on Mount Ebal. Are they not across the Jordan, west of the way toward the sunset, in the land of the Canaanites who live in the Arabah, opposite Gilgal, besides the oaks of Moray? For you are about to cross the Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you, and you shall possess it and live in it, and you shall be careful to do all the statutes and the judgments which I am setting before you today. Psalm 41 For the Choir Director A Psalm of David How blessed is he who considers the helpless! The Lord will deliver him in a day of trouble. The Lord will protect him and keep him alive, and he should be called blessed upon the earth, and do not give him over to the desire of his enemies. The Lord will sustain him upon his sickbed. In his illness you restore him to health. As for me, I said, O Lord, be gracious to me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. My enemies speak evil against me. When will he die and his name perish? And when he comes to see me, he speaks falsehood. His heart gathers wickedness in itself. When he goes outside, he tells it. All who hate me whisper together against me. Against me they devise my hurt, saying, A wicked thing is poured out upon him, that when he lies down, he will not rise up again. Even my close friend, in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. But you, O Lord, be gracious to me and raise me up, that I may repay them. By this I know that you are pleased with me, because my enemy does not shout in triumph over me. As for me, you uphold me in my integrity and you set me in your presence forever. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. Okay, some very interesting stuff we read in Deuteronomy today, so let's examine it a bit further. Here in chapter 8, we see the command of Moses to remember everything that God has already done. In reviewing all of God's past dealings, this is where their confidence should be in, seeing everything that God has done for them from the very beginning until this time. And there are some things here that we did not know were going on until this point in time. For example, in verse 3, Moses is explaining why God gave them manna and why he did not give them more food and more water than what they needed. And the reason why is what he says here in verse 3. He humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, 
Why? That he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Therefore, the manna was given to Israel as the source of all the sustenance, so that they can understand their dependency on God. Jesus used this verse to combat Satan, because the reality is is that this is exactly how we are with God. So often we prop ourselves up or we give ourselves more credit than we deserve. But the reality of the situation is, is that everything we have is a gift. Nothing that we have is from ourselves. None of it originates from ourselves. Everything we have is because God gave it to us. We are completely dependent on him for every breath we take, every step we take, every decision we make. All of that is dependent upon God's sovereignty. He allows and disallows things, and he guides our paths because it has all been written out for us ahead of time. Man does not live by bread alone, but through the mouth of God we are able to truly live. Not only in a very literal sense that we cannot exist apart from him, we cannot practice autonomy from him, but spiritually we need God's manna from heaven to be saved. We need his provision and we need his intervention in our lives in order to be redeemed. Apart from that, there is no way for us to save ourselves. Dead people cannot save themselves. Dead people cannot respond. Dead men and women cannot find life in themselves. Only God is able to do that. Another interesting thing that we see is what we see in verse 4. It says that the entire 40 years that they were in the wilderness, their clothes never wore out. That's very interesting. And it also mentions that their foot never swelled the 40 years. They were adequately supplied with clothing, and apparently it lasted a lot longer than it normally does. And it also seems like illness and other injuries did not happen in the entire camp of Israel because God willed it to be so. So while we could maybe rationalize some of it through their use of bartering and finding resources to make new clothing and stuff like that, the fact is that almost all of it is miraculous in nature. And that's the whole point. The whole point of this is to show what God has done and not what we have done for ourselves. The second half of chapter 8 not only describes why God did certain things, such as bring out the fiery serpents and go through areas where there was no water for a period of time. He did all of it to test them, to test their faith in God. And many times they utterly failed, right? We saw that firsthand. But the other thing that he's having them learn is that you should not forget God. Sometimes in the middle of trouble, and sometimes in our prosperity, we tend to forget God. We are all guilty of this. And for me, it happens in both ways. When I'm at very dark points in my life, or when I'm in depression, or when things are so overwhelming, 
There are times where I'm not running to God for comfort, and I run the other direction. That was forgetting God, for example. And then there's also the times where things are going very well, and we automatically default to this mindset where, Lord, I'm good right now. Go worry about somebody else for a change, but I'm good. You can leave me alone because I have everything I want and everything I need. And then what happens? We fill ourselves up with arrogance, with pride, with complacency, and things start going bad from there. Those are all tests that God puts in our lives to see if we're going to remain faithful to him and if we're going to give him the glory that he deserves. And we often fail. In my experience, I have to go through the same lessons over and over again before I go on to the next lesson. Because many times I will fail the test multiple times before I eventually get it. I'm a stubborn people too. And so I'm no different than the Israelites. But what God calls us to do, like he says in verse 18, is to remember the Lord because it is he who gave us power to be prosperous. Or in this case, he says to make wealth. And in this Hebrew word of wealth, it's talking about all the different things in life that are a benefit and a boon to us. He's not just talking about money here. He's talking about wealth. He's talking about health. He's talking about influence. He's talking about happiness. All these different things that God has given us. Chapter 9 is mostly a recap of what happened during the first two visits to Mount Sinai. He's reminding Israel of the fact that there is nothing special about the Jewish people that God called them into a covenant with him. But instead, it is because of how evil the nations are that they are given this land. And they're not to forget this fact. He also reminds them of how stubborn of a people they are. And so he brings up the times when he went to the mountain to pray for the people, the times that he had to intervene and protect the people from God's wrath, the time that he broke the Ten Commandments and had to do it all over again. So all that he's reminding them so that they do not repeat past mistakes. But one thing I want to focus on for us, because this directly applies to us as well, is what he says here in verse 4. Do not say in your heart, when the Lord your God has driven them out before you, because of my righteousness, the Lord has brought me in to possess this land. But instead, what does God say? It is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is dispossessing them. Verse 6, Know then, it is not because of your righteousness that the Lord your God is giving you this good land, because you are a stubborn people. Remember, do not forget how you provoked the Lord your God to wrath. And he goes on to make his point further. But for us, we cannot forget where we came from and the reality of our situation. We came from this very place. We came from wickedness. We came from darkness. We came from evil. And while we are not perfected yet, we are being conformed into the image of Christ. And so, more and more, we should look like the righteousness of God. If we are not, then we are failing God's command. 
But we should never forget our roots, because sometimes as Christians, we get it into our heads that we're somehow righteous in ourselves. Christ, indeed, makes us righteous by the imputation of his righteousness, but it doesn't originate from us. There's nothing special about you or me that caused you to be saved. It's not that God just liked you better than other people. It says very clearly in the scriptures we read today that there is no partiality with God. He doesn't pick favorites. His sovereign grace does save people, but it's not because you're any better than anyone else. So we should never puff ourselves up with pride in saying that God saved us because of something we did or some meritorious act. That is not the case. We need to be humble and understand that we are completely dependent on God. And that's the whole point he's making through these couple of chapters here. The beginning half of chapter 10 continues on that same recap, but when we get to verse 12, we see a shift. And this is more of a call of commitment, if you will. And the focus moves towards having a call of commitment to God. Moses is again reminding the people who it is that they serve and who they should be worshiping. He is commanding them to fear the Lord and walk in his ways all the time. Who is the one that they're supposed to be following and obeying? He is the one to whom the highest heavens belong. All the earth is his and everything that's on it. And here is a very important thing that the Jewish people completely skipped over even during the time of Jesus. Verse 16. So circumcise your heart and stiffen your neck no longer. This is going to be the verse we memorize today, by the way. But I want to focus on this because so often you would see throughout the scriptures that the Jewish people boasted in their position with God because of the sign of circumcision, where they would cut the foreskin off the males as a sign of being a proper Jew. While that in itself was a covenant that was created through Abraham, this is not what defined a godly person. We see godly people throughout the Bible that are not Jews. They have a proper understanding of who God is, and they were not Jewish. Think about Rahab, who we're going to meet in Joshua. Think about Ruth, who is not a Jew. Think about Naaman, who is also not a Jew. Think about the centurions and the Roman guards that are not Jews. These people believed in the Lord their God, and they were not circumcised. And that was not a requirement to worship God. The whole point of circumcision was to show the rest of the world a witness that they were a different people, that they belonged and pledged allegiance to God. But at the same time, that was just merely an external act. What God calls us to do is to have the change be internal as well. We are to circumcise our hearts. And this language is a little strange if you don't know what circumcision is or what he's trying to say here. But ultimately, the whole point of this is to separate yourself from sin. Separate yourselves and be holy. 
That is why they would do circumcision to begin with. But now your heart must be holy like the rest of you. Your holiness cannot be merely external tradition or external religion. It needs to be internal as well. And that's where the Jewish people got it wrong, especially the Pharisees of the time of Jesus. Their religion was merely external, to be seen by men, and in their sight they thought they were righteous because they were obeying the law. But they only took the law literally. They didn't understand the spiritual aspects of the law. We are to love the Lord our God, not because we're commanded to, but because we love the Lord from our heart. We want to obey him, not out of compulsion, but out of a pure understanding of who he is and how we want to be known by him. We want to seek him so that we can be in relationship with him. That's what it means to circumcise your heart. And what's the second half? It says to stiffen your neck no longer, meaning do not be stubborn. Do not hold your ground in foolishness. You are to give the Lord full dominion over your life. Do not hesitate to do that, or you will not prosper, because a divided heart is not a circumcised heart. That is the reality of our situation, and that might sting a bit to hear, and it stings for me because of my shortcomings. But that is the aim, that is the goal, that is the expectation. Then in chapter 11, he goes through more recaps of past dealings with God, as well as some previous commands that he had already given to the people. But since we have already read those, we don't need to recap those too much today. This leads us into Psalm 41. And this is David's psalm regarding how the merciful will receive mercy. You see the similar themes of how David needs help and he needs rescuing, but you see almost a sneak preview of some of the Beatitudes that Jesus would be teaching in Matthew chapter 5. For example, he talks about how blessed people are for helping those who can't help themselves. The Lord will protect them and will deliver them in a day of trouble, and they shall be called blessed. Kind of reminds you of what Jesus says, right? He said, blessed are those who are merciful, for they will receive mercy. Well, there's some beautiful language in here about how God is gracious and how we know if we're doing the right thing. One evidence is in verse 11. By this I know that you are pleased with me, because my enemy does not shout in triumph over me. This is true. And how does he know that God is going to be pleased with him? Because it says that you uphold me in my integrity. He is a person of integrity. And let's be honest, the best way for us today to know that we are people of integrity is if we are worshiping the Lord with our whole heart and we do everything we do with a clear conscience. If your conscience is not completely clear today, then you're holding something back. You know in your heart of hearts that there's something that you're doing you're not supposed to be doing. In this case, David had a clear conscience, and so he was confident that God was going to protect him and back him up. 
He knew where he stood with God with complete confidence. Can we say the same today? If we can't, we need to repent. And God will restore you. He wants to restore you because he wants to see you succeed. He wants to see you succeed, and he wants you to magnify his name. So again, our scripture to memorize today is Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 16. So circumcise your heart and stiffen your neck no longer. And with that, that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.